Turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 9, Genesis chapter 9. I, uh, tonight, I'd like for somebody else to preach this sermon. Somebody else besides Chris preach this sermon. But... Um, because sometimes these things are always misunderstood. It is difficult to preach on what I'll preach on tonight without being misunderstood. So I pray that you will keep your mind and your heart open and remember this. Some of the things alluded to in chapters 9 and 10, uh, it's not chronologically in order you'll see something referred to that you'll find in a later chapter. And so it was now at this point, not everything was in chronological order. So if you see something mentioned that happened uh, on the, in the next chapter, you'll know why that took place. Now, we started out with the, as they walked out of the ark, the new conditions that they had to live under. Everything had totally, completely changed. And isn't it going to be good when we step off the glory boat into heaven and everything's going to be changed, amen? Except it's not going to be changed for the worst, it's going to be changed for the best. And so they didn't have quite that uh, success. So they found out that they now had to create a new line of ancestry. And so there was new descendants that had to come about to fill up the earth. There also was a new dread. Before, the animals were their friends. They were not afraid of them. They did not eat them. They didn't hunt, they didn't hunt them. They were not afraid. They were like the deer in Lebanon, not afraid of anybody, anything, anytime. They'll just run over you and hit you, and you go on, tear your car up, and that's it, done, you know? And, and they were just friends. They were pets. They're, they're these huge animals, no doubt, much larger than man, but they were under man's dominion. That's difficult to conceive, but that was what was happening. And now they step off the ark, and everything has changed. Every time there'd be a new puppy born, that puppy would scurry away or every time there'd be what we call wild animals today the reason we call them wild animals today is they're not tame they're not under man's dominion and so they run from us they hide from us and then they had the new diet and now instead of being vegetarians to which they had known all during before the flood now they come to the place where God says that they can eat meat and they could eat any kind of meat as long as it was blessed. Now, yes, it shouldn't have the blood in it, of course. It had to have the blood drained from it. It was not to be eaten with blood. And so they could cook meat and they could kill deer and have deer meat. And they could, um, I'm sure there were cattle. They could have cattle. They could eat mutt. They could have lamb. And so they could, they could do all, all any, eat anything they wanted to eat, crocodile, you know, whatever. They could eat it. And so this was a new diet for them. God had lifted the restrictions. Things was totally different. And so 
the earth began to populate under that new condition. Remember, before it populated under a paradisical in the, uh, condition. Now it's, it's filling itself up in a world that has really been messed up by the flood. And so here, here God begins to give them a new diet. And uh, God was very smart. And I, I want you to understand this. Every time somebody tries to call, you know, tell you you have to be a vegetarian to be a Christian and, and all those kind of things. If you want to be a vegetarian, that's fine. That's, that's, that's up to you. You can live off of nuts and berries and little, little, little plants. I don't care. It not matter to me. But just don't say anything about us when we eat meat. You know, when we have country ham. Please don't say anything about that. Because you could get in a fight. You know, we like country ham around Christmas time especially. And so um, health, uh, I mean, diets, restrictions now uh, basically had been limited to just a few. You know, uh, primarily it was limited up to us. How much do you eat? Do you keep, and you keep your body under discipline? You eat just enough that, uh, to where you will not be, um, to where you cannot function in life and to where you cannot think in life, where you cannot be, uh, make progress in life. And so uh, really what our body is is what we have made it. Lack of discipline will mess up your body. It just will. Some says, well, I can drink alcohol. It won't hurt me. Yes, it will. You said, I can eat as much as I want to. It won't hurt me. It may not hurt, but it'll spread you. All right? It'll spread you. I can smoke all I want to. It ain't hurting nobody but me. No, if I have to smell it, it hurts me. I don't want to walk. Don't, I hate to have to walk in a store or something, and there's one of those smoking areas about 20 20 yards down, but they're standing right there in the door because they don't want to get cold blowing smoke in my face. I hate that. I just want to pick them up and take them down there and drop them and say, there's where you're supposed to suck on your cancer stick, right there. But I don't do that. I'm really always really nice and try not to do that. But, um, but you know, whatever you're... Uh, habits as God gave the lifted the restrictions as far as eating meat. Then they had that new kind of discipline. If you kill somebody, God said you got to die. We call it today capital punishment. God believed in capital punishment. He didn't believe in these bleeding heart people who comes out when someone has done something horrible and criminal to children and to, to, to innocent victims and then cut their throat or walked up to a police car and blowed his brains out. There was no bleeding hearts then. God said, if you take man's life, by man shall yours be taken. And so God created, it was God who created capital punishment. He was the one who told us to do that because he knew no society can exist and we're seeing it, we're seeing a society that's trying to exist without that kind of discipline. What do we see? Chaos. Chaos. You have to put people to death that put others to death. And that's not murder. That is uh, law and order. 
And God created law and order in his new uh, new world. And, and so don't beat yourself up if you had to go to war. That was government implemented. You were fighting for a nation. You were not fighting individuals. And so I want you to understand that is not murder. In Exodus 21, verse number 1, when you read, Thou shalt not kill in Exodus 20, if they, just read, if they just read one more chapter over in chapter 21, you'll find where God makes clear what he meant by that. Thou shalt not kill means thou shalt not do murder. That's what it means. Thou shalt not do murder. But I've heard that verse used on about everything in the world for somebody that run over a possum. God said thou shalt not kill. Well, that's not what God had in mind. He had in mind law and order. Y'all with me? Now, then we went to a new covenant. We talked about the seal. Uh, I had a covenant with Abraham. And so God sealed that with what? Circumcision, right? Remember, we'll study it later on. Then there was the Mosaic covenant. That was a sign of the Sabbath. The, the, The Mosaic covenant had the sign of the token of that covenant was the Sabbath. The Sabbath was not given to us. Now, some folks are Sabbatarians and maybe good Christians. They can love the Lord. In fact, they can worship the Lord on Saturday. That's fine with me. I have no problem with that. But the Lord's day is Sunday. And that's the day that the church chose to worship the Lord because that was the day of his resurrection. And so they had new life, right? So he, he comes forth with these covenants, and now he makes, another, he makes a covenant. The first one we'll study, and that is the covenant with Noah, and it was what? A rainbow. A rainbow. And, and a rainbow is like a bow, but it has no arrows. God's judgment, he said, I'll never, ever, never, ever flood this world again. Now, he didn't say he wouldn't burn it, but he will not flood it again. Are y'all with me? All right. Now, time goes on. And things begin to change. You think, well, after what these boys are telling, what their wives are telling, what Noah's telling about how that all this came about and how they built a great ark and how it was only eight of them that saved and a whole civilization. We don't know how large it was. It may have not been nearly as large as we think it was or it could have been larger than we think it was. But uh, they was telling it, you'd think things would get better. You'd think that they'd say, well, we better live better now because God does have some wrath. But instead, we go back to the days of Noah. Jesus even said, we're coming right back to the days of Noah. I destroyed the world because things were in the days of Noah, and we're going to go right back to it before I come again. I think we're there. I believe we're really there, don't you? And so here, look what he does. Now, this is going to be some, a little bit difficult. I want you to stay with me, all right? I'm going to try my best to um, explain it, but I 
could uh, blunder in some of these statements tonight that I make, but there's a third thing. There's a new curse. The prophecy of the future world came out of a drunken experience and a curse was pronounced. There had never been anything out of drunkenness except a curse. I want you to know that tonight. If you like to drink, let me tell you what's going to come from it, a curse. It'll curse your family. It'll curse your life. It'll curse the people that work with you. It'll curse your job. It'll curse everything. Wherever Joseph went, he blessed. But you mess with alcohol, wherever you go, you curse. And so we're seeing a new curse. So Noah, first of all, he was a father. Then he became a farmer. And now he's a failure. Noah drank. And notice that when he drunk, that he got naked and we're not told the whole situation here we don't know exactly what happened but he chose to take his clothes off and there he is drunk and naked you don't know what a drunk will do a drunk will do anything and so he is naked but you know drunkenness and nakedness go together I gave you the verses last week. I hope you looked them up. But if you didn't, I thought I'd just give you one or two tonight because I don't think you had time to look them up. Lamentations chapter 4, verse number 21 says, Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Edom, that dwelleth in the land of Uz. The cup also shall pass through unto thee, and thou shalt be drunken, and shalt make thyself naked. You see it? And then when you read Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 15, it says the very same thing. When you make yourself drunken, it became naked. And then we're, we're not going, I'm not going to talk about that tonight because in a few weeks we're going to be there. We're going to study the life of Lot. And you know what happened when Lot got drunk? It's a curse. And then you know what happened uh, with, when, when things down the road began to change and out came Ishmael. And we had a problem on our hands. Listen, folks, there's nothing good that comes from alcohol. Now, he begins to change now some things and begins to tell us uh, some different things that, he, that we didn't know about the book of Genesis. Are, are y'all looking at it now? He says that he'd remember verse 15, his covenant, his everlasting covenant with all flesh, and God said to Noah, this is a token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh. In both of those verses, what does he say? Whose flesh? Whose? Oh. He didn't say white flesh. He didn't say black flesh. He didn't say yellow flesh. He didn't say brown flesh. He said all flesh. Y'all believe that? All flesh. That is upon the earth. That's what he said. And the sons of Noah that went forth to the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. And just that name lets us know that that boy created a mess in this world. And not only that, there are the, the, those are the three sons of Noah 
and of them was the whole earth overspread. Another thing, what God is saying, everybody on the face of the earth come from those three. You come from one of those three. One of those three is your ancestor. Get on Ancestry.com and see if they go back that far. Oh, you, all they'll throw you is a little green leaf. That's it. You're not going to find anything that goes back that far, right? God had to give these words to us because there was, there were, God gave them to, to, uh, later on to uh, Moses to write down for us, and, and I'm glad he did, aren't you? Because we know some things. And if, and if our preachers had taught this back 100, 150 years ago, we wouldn't be in some of the shape we're in right now. Just saying. Preachers need to take some blame too. You know what? So the first one he mentions here, one of the first ones I'm going to mention, is the son of Ham. Ham. Now that does kind of make you hungry to hear his name, doesn't it? But he, he is Ham. Now, it may have been that Noah didn't know of the fermentation principle of that day about getting drunk, but I think he did. He said, well, how, you know, he couldn't go down to Kroger's and buy sugar and stuff like that and, and put it in the, 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 the juice and make it ferment. No, but he could get dates, and he could put dates in. He could put other things in that had some sweetness about it, and he could cause that stuff to turn into alcohol. It's amazing how great brewers we have had ever since the world began. We've had breweries we knew how to make something make us drunk all you say well the bible bible doesn't say we shouldn't drink i think it does say we shouldn't drink if you can read proverbs 23 and walk out on the other side of proverbs 23 and still say god says you shouldn't drink you can't read the bible because it's clear god said don't even look at it well, that was the Old Testament. Well, you think Jesus would change his mind? No, he hadn't changed his mind. And so he got drunk. And oh, no doubt, maybe his family had been drunk before. Maybe this was a common practice among them. Maybe they liked to get drunk. Our God this year told us that that's been the mark of Jewish people over the years. They like to get drunk, have a party. Jump up and down, dance, celebrate. Well, you know, it'd be really nice if we could have a party in, in, a, in a holy way, not, a, not what he was talking about, but every time we come to church, wouldn't it be nice if we could just have a party over Jesus? We could celebrate over Jesus, but not because we were drunk with wine, but because we were filled with the Spirit. And so we see now... This event happening, we don't know what caused it, but Ham saw it. And, of course, the other two boys, you know, they go and they, they don't look at their dad. They will not look at their dad. Ham did. He thought it was funny. <laughs> Come here, look at this old man. He's drunk, laying there naked. Come here, look at him. He probably come up with all kinds of filthy things. I, we don't know. 
But the other two boys come and said, That's, the Bible said we shouldn't do this. Uh, God has told us we shouldn't be naked. In fact, it was so serious back in the, uh, before the flood that God killed an animal and clothed them. So the Bible says that they turned their heads and put the cover back up over their dad so that his, his body could not be seen and exposed to a gazing, gapping world. Now let's look at who you're kin to tonight, all right? First of all, there's Ham. Ham is where the dark-skinned races came from. Ethiopians, Egyptians, Philistines, Babylonians, Africans, dark-skinned races came from him, from Ham. You know, there's, there's been intermarrying and mingling over the years, but the dark-skinned races come and started by Ham. You said, well, you know, but you know I, I know some white folks think everybody's born white. I guess they just think they turned to something else overnight. No, God created, these three boys came out all different. Ham came out with dark skin. That's who he was. So God obviously didn't have a problem with it, right? God wasn't a racist at all. And so then there was Shem. Shem is the one that from now on, when we leave chapter 10, we're going to see more of Shem than anyone else. And I'll tell you why later. Shem is where the Israeli race descended. Jews, Arabs, Assyrians, Semitic people came from this group of Shem. They the, the, the uh, Arabs today will say that they believe they come from Abraham, that we have one, that, that they're, they're monotheistic, and they are. They only serve one God. But, but the truth of the matter is, it's the wrong God. But they all came from that line, Shem. Y'all with me? Okay. Thirdly, there is Japheth. Now, that is where the Caucasian... Are some people likes to call it Aryan races came from. In the Bible, those are called what? Gentiles. Anybody who is not from Shem is a Gentile. Ham and Japheth were, uh, their, their product was Gentiles. So Japheth was the Greeks, the Romans, the Persians, uh, the Europeans and the Asians, all of those came from Japheth. Now, y'all getting that? So Noah, the Bible said, cursed. He made a curse upon his son, their king. Notice he did not curse Ham. He cursed Canaan. So the black race has no special curse upon them. And if you ever hear some, you know, dumb, ignorant person who runs around listening to some of that skinhead bunch, 
that, that tries to say that the reason black people are black is because God put a curse on them, that is a flat-out lie. Listen, they, they, this boy was born with dark skin. God created the black, dark-skinned race. God was not a racist. And God did curse Canaan, but he didn't curse Ham. So the race itself does not have a special curse upon it. Are y'all getting this? The black-skinned uh, people were not cursed like some folks have taught over the years. And so Moses wrote this, and Canaan land's inhabitants was, um, I mean, the Canaan lands that he inhabited was on his mind when he wrote to encourage Israel. You see, when he writes this now, he's thinking about what we're going to see later on. And, and he, he's writing this to encourage Israel and, and so he writes it like this so we can understand what he is talking about. Canaan was only one of his sons. Remember that? So he cursed Canaan, but he didn't curse the rest of those sons. So remember that. He ignored all of Ham's other sons. He focused on his youngest son, and he cursed him strongly. And but with the long view, he was able to see from the beginning. I'm glad we serve a God like that. It may be that Ham, having been blessed by God in chapter 9, verse number 1, could not be cursed by Noah because of God's blessing in chapter 9. We're not sure about that. But it may be that the father was punished in the son according to the outworking of divine law. In other words, the son was punished because of what he was going to produce, an ungodly race. And so the Canaanites, who is the enemies of the Israelites in the Bible? Canaanites. Every one of those, most, most all their enemies were Canaanites. They were pagan idolaters. And they would build cities, and they would take over lands, and, and, and so they were, they were Canaanites. So, so he cursed Canaan. And so uh, that land, that's where that land gets its name. But God didn't name it that. Remember? They named, it just historically has been named that, Palestine today instead of the land of milk and honey that God said it was, right? So now we call it Palestine. Why? Because it comes from the word Philistine. And they want to lay claim to the land. They're actually renegades even from their own people. And they want to claim land that God gave to Israel. But he cursed Canaan. Now the promise of salvation is revealed through which one? The promise of redemption is revealed through which son? Shem. Shem. That's where the word Hebrews come from. Shem. That's the word. And so, as a result, Ham, it seems that the, the Hamites 
have never ever been great inventors or great scientists or different things like that. There are exceptions to everything. Remember, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not painting a, a full picture here. There are exceptions to everything. But they have never been primarily the builders of things and the constructors of things. But the, but the dark-skinned people have been sometimes mistreated, sometimes not, but pretty much used as servants. And so he described them. And then the Semites, of course, we know was the Israelites, and they didn't fare so well for a long time. But Japheth was to be the, later on, Japheth was the one who built the empire and was at length to come into a special way into Shem's blessings. So Japheth was the father of the Greeks, of the Romans, of the Persians, of the Indo-Teutonics, those, the great Aryan races that it's used today are Japhetic in origin, although the earlier powers were Hamite in origin. Okay, remember that. It was the Hamite Nimrod who tried to rule the whole world. He was a Hamite. And don't forget that. So in the early days, uh, even, uh, uh, you know, you're under Cyrus the Persian, uh, the Japhetic race kind of entered the arena. That, that, that's how they kind of got into the battle there, got in there. And uh, the scripture says that uh, the, the Semitic Babylonians fell and the Japhetics uh, became the Lord of the Orient. And from that moment on, since no Semite or Hamite race has succeeded, in conquering the world, in Daniel chapter 5, verse 30, when the scripture says, and that night Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, broke the Hamite empire, builders, it stopped right there. It's never been again. So then, when then we see the Japhites, it seems to be, let me just say this before I go to on a little bit further. Since the Hamitic people uh, built large and advanced civilizations early, like Babylonians was Hamites, Assyrians were Hamites, Egyptians were Hamites. Um, since we know those, there seems to be also three significant failures and three curses that we have found so far. Now listen to me. The first one was Adam's fall. I'd say that's pretty significant, wouldn't you? Messed up the whole world. Adam's fall. Number two was the world's flood. That changed the whole world. It would never look the same smell the same, be the same, nothing about it would ever be like a paradise. Nothing. Yes, we've got some beautiful scenery. Folks, listen, I don't care what God touches, he leaves some beauty in it. But this land had a world flood. Thirdly, 
the significant failure was Noah's drunkenness. That started a whole society going the wrong direction. The curse on Adam and Eve, the curse that was on Abel, you remember, for slaying Cain, and the curse that was on Canaan, and all three of these ended real bad. Do I get any witness at all tonight? I know this is a teaching that I know it's hard to shout about this kind of stuff. This kind of stuff you learn in Bible school. This kind of stuff you learn in Bible college. But it's the kind of stuff you need to know because you need to know where you come from. You know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, well, let me just get to that in, a, in just a minute and talk about it. But I'm just glad a thousand years ago, God, in just a few words, predicted human history. Aren't you? <laughs> Isn't it amazing? In just a few words, God predicted human history right here. Doesn't take him long at all. Few words predicted not only human history, but in a few words, he predicted Christian victory. The Hamites could have victory in Jesus. The Jephites could have victory in Jesus. You know, the Bible said, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Thank God even the Shemites could have victory in Jesus. Y'all not with me. I know, and I know it's hard. But I want you to know something. Get this. Except for the sad event where Noah got drunk, from this point on, we hear nothing of him. You like your bottle? It'll mess up your line. From this point on, he lived another 350 years. Now, get this. He lived another 350 years. We don't hear a word from him or about him because of the curse, because of his sin and then the curse that was placed upon Canaan. So, folks, I just want you to know there's, just some, there's all kind of questions people ask. They say, what, what are we going to look like when we get to heaven? Well, I can just tell you what I know what the Bible says. The Bible says salvation is of the Jews. So it could be that we'll all look like a Jew. But I really believe this with all my heart. I think we'll all look like we look like now except in new bodies. Because the Bible even says in heaven that the nations come in and out. Y'all still with me? And so there's still the nations. So I think we'll look like we do now. But the good thing, there'll be no protesters. There'll be no racists. There'll be no hatred. There'll be no killing. There'll be no misunderstanding of history like it is today. You know why we're in such a mess? Our young folks couldn't tell you a thimbleful of history. World history, Bible history, or U.S. history, they can't tell you anything about it. 
So as a result, they don't understand the Bible, they don't understand life, and they don't understand how to get to heaven. I'm not trying to be smart. I'm just telling you that God does those kinds of things. He's our kind of God. I'm not going to get there tonight. Maybe I'll just wait, but I, it's, it's on my mind, so I won't just say it. I think there's a passage here. I looked up at them, at them lights, and now I can't see my Bible. I messed up. <laughs> look, look over at chapter 10 and look at verse number 25. And Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Plague, for in his days was the earth divided. And his brother's name was Jonathan. Divided. Why would God say the earth was divided? Because after the flood, God rearranged things, placed them like he wanted to. Now there's oceans. Now there's boundaries. Now there's... Con but could it be that God had at some point had places of connection to the whole world. Maybe there was a way, since there was no transportation like we have today, maybe there was a way to get from this point to this point. Maybe there was some kind of connection from one continent to the other. Because, listen, when the people came to America, the, the American, we'd call them the American Indians, we won't say where'd they come from. You go to an island to where there's absolutely no human being could have ever gotten there any other way except through a modern equipped boat and there is a civilization on that island. Where'd they come from? And where'd my Cherokee people come from? Where, where? I, I believe that when God divided the land, I believe there had to be some places to where some folks had come over into other areas of this world. And then when things started to go awry here and people began to mess up, God divided the land right at the right time. And so now it separated the peoples. You couldn't get to Africa from America. Not by land. There was different ways he separated so i'm glad thousands of years ago god predicted human history write these verses down because i i don't have time yeah, yeah let's go to them and then we'll close okay I, I got i got three minutes and i want you to go to isaiah 45 isaiah 45 verse 21 Tell ye and bring them near. Let them take counsel together. Who hath declared from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior, and there is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there's none else. That's victory to me, isn't it? God, in a few verses, predicts the outcome, the victory that Christians can have.
But look at chapter 46 of Isaiah. You won't have to go very far. Look at verse number 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there's none else. I am God and there's none like me. I think we've got that. Y'all get that? He said it about five times already. The, now listen, look what he does. Verse 10. Y'all listening? Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not even yet done saying, my counsel shall stand, and I'll do all my pleasure. So I thank God that our Lord, years ago, the Holy Trinity met, and they decided how that's going to save lost sinners like us. Jesus didn't define who he was going to save, but the Bible just said he came to seek and to save that which is lost. Hamites, Jephites, Jephthites, and Semites. And yet, we don't come to the Lord Jesus. It was God who colored this creation. And instead of us bringing it together and understanding, they all come from the womb, one womb. One womb, but through these veins flow one color, blood. And the life is in the veins. So God had a way to save us. Uh, there's a whole much, I, I, I like to say I'll come back and finish it up next week, and then we'll, we'll just do it real quick, and then we'll jump in um, later on. And uh, jump into chapter number 10.